1: hey what is up everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast my name is steven i am your host as always really excited about today's episode i am always excited to talk football with my guys uh and we have a, a quad box again so joining us today to talk about free agency we needed his expertise uh is arjun arjun how you doing man
2: doing great you know had a really good weekend Our start to the weekend at least and now you know, entering spring break, just excited to, you know, come back on here, talk some ball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in case anyone missed his article, uh, Arjun did do a a prediction article on PFF uh, predicting where uh, each of their top 50 free agents are going to sign. So uh, make sure and go check that out. That's obviously going to be the theme today. And we can we can kind of gauge some of his thoughts there. But uh, excited to have him on here as well. So also joining us are Tyler and Alex. Tyler,
3: how are you doing, man? I'm doing very, very well. I'm very excited for this, although I'm a little bit nervous because I know every Chargers fan thinks you can sign about 20 marquee free agents. So <laughs> unfortunately, we're going to have to disappoint you.
1: Yeah, so we uh, we are each going to share our uh, top five wish list in terms of free agents. Um, you know, I, I, I know we tried to kind of balance it out right between top tier free agents and kind of some middling, you know, free agents that are, are a little bit more realistic. So, uh, you know, we're not going to see lists of Devonte Adams and JC Jackson. I don't know we might, but uh, we're, I feel like we're going to mix it up a little bit. So uh, we'll get to that point in a second. But Alex is here
4: as well. Alex, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Arjun, I know you won that uh, championship the debate one, uh, but I'm actually more interested in your flag football uh, expertise and prowess because uh, you, you've been putting up some some Joe Shiesty numbers out there, haven't you? Uh,
2: I no comment on the Joe Shiesty stuff. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we only had our first game, but you know, I I will say I was wearing my Herbert jersey while the game was going on. There we go. Uh, so that that was the inspiration I was I was going for. <laughs>
3: Yeah, good good job, Arjun. I'm sure you would have gone ahead of Shea Patterson in the draft. (laughs) And also, I'm just happy to see Michigan win a football game for once. Man,
1: we got the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry up in uh, full class right now. But uh, yeah, so like I mentioned, we're going to be sharing each of our uh, free agent wish lists today. And then we're going to do a bit of a mock simulation uh using over the cap and some of their numbers and of course you know using some of pff's projections in terms of contracts and and trying to work things around so um it's gonna be a great conversation can't wait to dive in um first and foremost i want to get to our wish list here and so um we'll just go kind of around the horn um just going one through five if you want or you could do five through one either way and then uh just kind of highlighting if you want to mention why you want each uh, guy, go for it. You know, we'll, we'll do a, a little bit of an elevator pitch scenario here. So we'll start with Alex. Alex, will get your five, and then we'll go to Tyler and then Arjun. And obviously, you know, if there's uh, any kind of comments that you guys want to make about each uh, player or have a question, whatever, uh, go for that. So Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, kick us off five through one. Uh, we can do it that way.
4: Yeah, so um, I've kind of made my list from, like, least realistic to slightly more realistic. Um, so at number five, I have Von Miller from the Rams. Uh, not going to happen, but I can dream. I think he would be a great edge defender on this team. Uh, provides a lot of value. Him next to Bosa would be pretty fun. Not going to happen. So kind of will skip that one. Uh, <laughs> number four, I do have uh, Akeem Hicks from the Bears. Um, I mean, obviously just fills a very important need there at defensive tackle, kind of fits the system that Staley wants to go for as well. Questions about his age uh, and injury history, but I mean, I think you can get him for fairly good value compared to some of the other ways to fill the interior as well. Um, At number three, this is going to be a personal one of mine, but I kind of do want Zach Ertz uh and so that would be kind of a fun one i i you might have to overpay for him now because of what carolina gave uh that arnold guy no i'm sorry not arnold the thomas yeah they traded that one the other white tight end but anyway um yeah so they'll that's going to be a thing they're probably gonna have to overpay if they really want Zach Ertz. but this team has missed kind of a good receiving tight end for a while uh so i do think he would be kind of helpful of uh, Cordero Patterson at number two, Tyler's guy. He's been talking about it nonstop <laughs> with Ryan Ficken quotes uh, and, and trying to put it into perspective for about a year now to try to get Cordero Patterson to be a charger, and I can't disagree with him. I mean, he would uh, he would help the team a lot, obviously on special teams, and you know he kind of fills that wide back role, and they do need a sort of running back too, and they sort of need a wide receiver. Uh, so I can't disagree with him there even if maybe I'm slightly less horny for Cordell Patterson. Uh, And then I will go with my (laughs) slightly less. Uh, And then my number one uh, kind of free agent option is uh, Mike Williams. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about him, but I do think it's important that Mike Williams is ultimately back on the Chargers. There's a lot of uh, free agent stuff and whether Chargers fans want him back or not, but I do think he's important to bring back because of his relationship with Herbert and, and how they really developed this year. I think they're going to put the franchise tag on him eventually. Um, But I just think even if it makes maybe slightly more sense to let him lock from a money perspective, I do think what he contributes to the team uh, is really important.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't put Williams on my wish list. I I mean, I feel like that's kind of uh, people know where I stand there. But uh, Zach Ertz is obviously the interesting one there. We've we've messaged back and forth about tight end options. Uh, Tyler made a whole video about, you know, not wanting Mike Kosicki on the team or not wanting the team to go after Mike Kosicki. Um, but we know that they flirted with the idea of trading for Zach Ertz last year. And so, um, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they were interested again there. Um, you know, there's a certain account there that was trying to make, uh, make waves in that regard, but literally anyone can look at a previous trade interest and uh, make that connection again. So um I, I would not mind you know going after Zach Ertz. i feel like he would um obviously the ian thomas contract would hurt things a little bit but i can't imagine he costs more than 10 million dollars at this point so uh maybe a bit of a value signing and, and spoiler alert i have a tight end on my list as well
3: i also have a tight end on my list but let's see if i can beat you to it uh no good list alex uh clarify the ian thomas
4: white comment no i think he has
1: dan arnold organs. yeah i think he no dan arnold.
4: no okay uh, so i, I met dan arnold because i thought he yeah. was still there but then i remembered he got traded i just assumed ian thomas was white because his name was ian thomas and he was on a team with that <laughs> so i stepped in it again
1: ian yeah. thomas is black for what it's worth
3: <laughs> ah,
4: yeah. well another
3: race big is true uh per source and all that okay uh, for me, it's going to be a bit of a list of guys that I've talked about already. Unfortunately, I've kind of already talked about these guys, so it really shouldn't come as much of a surprise. I did try to make it a, a sort of realistic list. Of course you want Devonte Adams, JC Jackson, you know, even Von Miller. I, I just think Von Miller is returning. So like he didn't end up making my list. So for me, top five, it's kind of no particular order, but number five, I do have Hassan Reddick who was with the Panthers, Steven and I, or at least I definitely for sure have watered him as early as last year because yeah. there was such an unknown within WOSU. And yet Reddick was a guy who had, you know, whatever 60 pressures, a dozen sacks or whatever it was like, Hey, let's go get that guy. He had another great season. He's had 100 pressures, 38 sacks, 69 run stops over the last two seasons. Um, and he currently is ahead of Nwosu this past season in uh, productivity and win rate. So I know like in WOSU being back is probably going to happen, but if it, isn't going to happen and honestly it'd be fun even if it did happen i would like reddick that is just a clear upgrade so i'm cool with that at number four i do have court ralph patterson um you know a guy who was tied with um no sorry he was third most in uh yards per touch and austin Eckler was right behind him to me if you could mix and match two guys who are top five in yards per touch as running back slash wide receiver kind of types i think that'd be fantastic at number three i do have a david and joke i don't know how you can argue Against him at this point, unless you're worried about the contract itself, which I could understand, but this is a wish list. So, you know, the guy that was second in yards per route run, second in yards after the catch per reception, first in yards per reception, fourth in drop rate, third in touchdowns, sixth in pass blocking efficiency, fourth in pro football focuses run block grade. Like you can kind of use him however you want. And to me, I just think he fits a little bit better than someone like a Gasecki or even a Schultz, as fantastic as those additions would be. And it sounds like he might be like the third or fourth guy in terms of AAV, so I think there's a slight bargain there. Um, I didn't have him on my list, but O.J. Howard is another guy that I'd be really interested in, but this is more of a top-five wish list. At number two, arguably could put him at number one, Dearness Johnson from the Browns, if he becomes available. I know that's not uh, set in stone yet, but it does seem like he's going to become available. Just everyone's kind of predicting that. I mean, where do you start with him? A guy that's you know top-five in EPA per rush, and Arjun just shared with us his uh, rushing yards over-expected and, and Stephen did the calculations today. He's ninth in yard rushing yards, over-expected. I think if you had a, a minimum of 100 rushes, fifth in yards after contact, average fourth in yards per attempt, eighth in breakaway percentage, tied with Eckler for fourth most yards per touch. And his first, his, his three real starts this season. I know the sample size is kind of small, but he had over 400 yards from scrimmage in his three big games this year. And he played New England, Cincinnati, and, and and the Broncos. To me, that's a very very good. That's a good set of showings against some very good defenses. So it costs him very little, um, I think. And there's very little mileage there. So I like him. And also, he is a guy that's played 533 special team snaps. We've heard sort of from Ficken that they called some Browns guys. I'm not. They're not. I'm not saying they're bringing him in to play special teams. But you might want to talk to the the Browns guys about his ability to play special teams. And we saw Justin Jackson as the RB two doing that. So my number one is Tyron Matthews slash Harrison Smith. If Smith becomes available, that's intriguing. Um, but Tyron Matthew currently, to me, like I just think this is the best way to free up your defense. And the, the analogy I made was playing rock, paper, scissors. You need rock, paper, and scissors. You can't play rock, paper, scissors with just rock and paper. You need a third guy out there. And to me, Tyron Matthew just fits, I think, what they would like to do, what they've been trying to do. And, and honestly, I, I think if he does actually hit free agency, I think it's a pretty easy sell. Like, would you rather play next to Derwin James or Daniel Sorensen? Although Sorensen is a free agent, but to me, Derwin James, that's an easy sell. A guy, it's not really fair to give this, you know, comparison to Adderley, but Adderley has had one interception, which was kind of a gimme from Drew Brees against the Saints his entire career. Tyron Matthew has 13 over that same span since 2019. And I know, you know, Matthew's played more, of course, and he's a veteran, but the Chargers need that. They need those 13 interceptions, not a guy like Adderley, who we saw last year kind of drop a few not be able to pick up some that he should have had. I feel like Matthew can do a little bit more for the defense in that way. So, you know, what they want to do, the slot corner market being bad, it's I don't know if they want to take a slot corner early in the draft. I think Matthew is is my favorite free agent candidate so far that seems kind of realistic and also fits to what they want to do.
2: Okay. Do we want to Okay. Okay, so yeah, I'll I'll take it away then. Um, I really like Tyler's list. I I've been going back and forth on Patterson. Um, I I personally think, or I'm not, this is, he's not on my list, but like I personally think, you know, if we bring back Patterson, if we bring in Patterson, having him and Roberts seems a little bit, you know, repetitive. So, you know, sure. I know you guys, I know you guys were on the build a statue for him after the the touch kick return for a touchdown. I'm just curious to see how that changes, you know, with Patterson as a potential option, you know, before I start my list. Like if you guys have any opinions on that.
4: Well, you know, wanting to build a statue can, um, you know, in the moment. And uh yeah, if you have the choice to go after l Patterson or Andre Roberts, I mean, I think l Patterson gives you probably slightly better value in terms of what he can do in the offense versus it doesn't yeah. seem like the Chargers really, wanted to include andre roberts much in the offense this year you know that could just be because mm-hmm. he got there late and they didn't design too much for him but um if you make me have a choice for you know obviously Cordell patterson would be you know a little bit more expensive but still kind of a bargain i would probably take patterson out of this too
2: yeah same And i think he fills the rb2 situation um well but with that i'm going to start my list um so i and you know fair warning this is a trenches heavy list because i've kind of i've kind of changed the way i view how to win in football now especially not just because of recency bias just because of some other things discussions i've had so number five um, i'm going morgan moses um i just want someone who who can be reliable at right tackle someone who's durable and he's played a thousand snaps the last two seasons he played eight fifty-eight snaps in 2019 He's played, he played in Mike Lafleur's zone heavy scheme, you know, which the Chargers kind of ran last year with, with Joel Lombardi. I would say he's an upgrade over Balaga or especially Norden and Pipkins. It would, you know, I, I wouldn't be too f- happy if Norden was the swing tackle, like the, st- like the definite swing tackle going into training camp. But like I said, I think Morgan, Morgan Moses would be a viable option to start next year at right tackle. Ah, uh, PFF has him at, at a three-year deal. Would not be surprised if he took like a one or two-year deal, um, just because like I don't know how we translate to our system. But yeah, I think he'd be really good. Number four might be a surprise, but um, I'm going with Chen Nawosu. I, I think like I don't think enough people have been talking about him or like discussing him as like someone to bring back. I know it's pretty much has been like Mike Williams and like Kaiser White, but like I was like looking at the edge rusher market, and honestly, like outside of Von Miller, I don't know if anyone would be able to play Staley's scheme. I know Hassan Reddick is is there also, you know, I, I think he's going to command more money than Nuosu, especially since Reddick had, you know, yeah. a, a, how many sacks did he have with the Cardinals in his last year? It was like 15.
3: I think he's had 28 like, sacks the last two years.
2: Yeah. And, and Noosu is nowhere close to that. Right. So like, you're not going to be able to, you know, Noosu is going to be much cheaper he did flash towards the end of the year and had some really, really good games to close out the year, especially against the Chiefs and the Raiders, where he kind of just took over in the run game and, you know, p- rushing the passer. And again, I just don't think the free agent class is, is built for Staley's scheme at the edge rusher position, which I think, you know, if you can get Nobosu back on a deal, you know, I, I kind of spent my entire last week just projecting contracts and all that. I think if, if you're the team side and you can get him for under 10 mil, that'd be a steal. You know and he's an ascending edge rusher. And I think if you give him another year in the system, he'd perform. Um, which brings me to number three. I'm going to uh DJ Jones from the 49ers. I, I just think they need to remake this interior defensive line from scratch. You know, this I think with Staley's scheme, you win in the trenches, you force third and longs, and then you let your pass rushers attack. I like, I think having a good secondary gives you a high, higher ceiling. I think having a Great defensive line gives you a higher floor. And I think at this point, with how good the Chargers offense is, they should be chasing a floor, not a ceiling. I think DJ Jones gives you that chance. You know, really good run stopper, has shown flashes in the run in, in the past game. And if he if he's the guy that you can bring in and keep Hillary off the field on obvious rundowns, I think that's that's the way they should go, which brings me to number two, Sebastian Joseph Day. In this scenario, they'd be playing Joseph Day at nose tackle. And uh, DJ Jones at like Jerry uh, Justin Jones' spot from this year, so like I said, completely remake this interior defensive line. So you you get Day who has had two seasons now in Staley's scheme, a two-gapping scheme. Nate Tice, Mina Kimes, they've all you know kind of just glorified Sebastian Joseph Day as like the anchor of this of this team. You yeah. know, I got like Aishon Robinson would also be you know in a similar spot here but days you know 27 ascending has had familiar familiarity in the scheme they could go A- Akeem Hicks here all here also instead of DJ Jones or Day I think going younger is obviously better and it kind of breaks the trend of what Telesco's done which is go get older established free agent or established veterans as free, as free agents and I think just going younger would help the youth movement with the Chargers and at number 1 Mike Williams I you know I, I've been heavily aboard the you need to bring him back I don't think there's like you should be tagging him if you don't think a deal could be made he's going to be paid nicely if you tag him so I wouldn't see a reason why he wouldn't sign it or hold in um but I mean at this point you have to just give Herbert as many weapons as he can I know Williams doesn't separate as much as people would like him to I posted the table today of Keenan Allen being number 1 I'm not going to yeah. say where Williams is because it's not pretty, but for me, it's just, he gets the job done. He got a thousand yard year this year. He, when he was involved in the game plans, he was a stud. And so I think there's no reason he shouldn't be brought back. And, you know, I think he's an integral part of this offense and, you know, he should be here for the next, at least three, four years. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, people know where I stand. I, my, my biggest thing with Mike Williams and bringing him back at this point is, you know, last off season it was all about, Supporting Justin Herbert and getting the most out of Justin Herbert, and so to me, letting Mike Williams walk is counterintuitive to that goal that they had last last offseason. So I know everybody wants you know to focus in on the defense, and you know letting Mike Williams walk would, would allow them to go get you know x expensive defensive player. I think for me, still the most important thing for this franchise has to be maximizing Justin Herbert's rookie contract window. And to me, letting Mike Williams walk, it does not make sense there. So um, like Arjun, I do have a, a heavily trench, uh list as well. Of course, you know, why not? I think that's kind of going to be the focus. But uh, I did like his point about Morgan Moses. I went with a different right tackle uh, who also has scheme familiarity, and that is Riley Reef. Uh, he was somebody that I wanted the team to trade for ahead of the 2019 season when there was uh, all those... Uh, Desmond King rumors and so uh, he obviously was in Minnesota for a very long time along with Ryan Ficken and so Ryan Ficken uh, I believe was the assistant running backs coach at the beginning of his career so there's there's got to be some kind of overlap there and uh, I know he was uh, he finished last season injured but for the most part you know uh, Arjun mentioned dependability and I think Riley Reef has been that he's only allowed a combined 42 pressures over the last two seasons um, I don't think he's as good as a run blocker as Morgan Moses. I'm pretty sure that the run blocking grade and film would back that up, but I think he's a solid starter at right tackle. And, you know, we, uh, <laughs> we talked about this draft class and how, you know, just not really wanting to have to be tied to taking one of these right tackles early due to all that question marks. So I think Riley reef would, uh, take that need off the board. Um, at number four for me this is kind of a fun one it is a tight end it's Gronk and Gronk I think has had a career resurgence in Tampa Bay obviously he retired but it doesn't sound like he's going to stop playing it kind of sounds like he wants to keep playing why not bring him out west bring him into some warm weather and I think he could still be a productive player and continue to mentor you know Trey McKitty and Donald Parham so uh Gronk was actually seventh in PFF war in 2021 and fifth in 2020 uh this past season he had 64 catches 918 yards and seven touchdowns all of which were in the top 10 he was six in yards after catch per reception and fifth in yards per route run and of course we all know how good of a blocker and just you know he's a great tight end right like I, I think why not like this is a fun wish list why not add him on here um at number three I also have Sebastian Joseph Day Obviously, there is the Staley connection that everybody knows about. To me, this is kind of a the biggest layup of the season or offseason, I should say. Um, and I know that he had the pectoral injury, but his, his season, man, was really on pace to be a fantastic season. So in seven games, he had 10 total pressures, three sacks and 22 run stops. Um, among all interior defensive linemen, he had the best run stop percentage at 15.5. If he had been able to pace out to a 17 game season, he would have had 53 run stops, and Aaron Donald led the league with 40 among interior defensive uh, interior defensive linemen. So, Sebastian Joseph Day to me is an, was an ascending player before the injury, and I want a piece of that. And uh, I think he's an affordable young defensive tackle. Doesn't have as lengthy of an injury uh, history as someone like Akeem Hicks, um, but I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, number two for me is Jaron Curse, the safety from the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, you know, I, I think all of us are on board in terms of adding a safety. He's somebody that makes a lot of sense. He checks the coaching connection box with um, Ryan Ficken as somebody who was kind of a special, a core special teamers there, special teams player in Minnesota. And this man really just played all over the field. He had 176 snaps for Dallas on the defensive line 446 in the box 215 in slot and even 54 out wide at outside corner two interceptions 10 pass breakups so we had a lot of really good ball production as well and to me this is like I I've been kind of <laughs> you know uh putting gas on the fire of the Tyron Matthew thing to me J-Ron curse is kind of discount tyron Matthew and so I I think it just makes a lot of sense there it does a lot of the same things and he's younger so, I think that makes a lot of sense for them. At number one, this guy is not currently a free agent, but he is going to get cut, and that is Darius Smith. And mm. so, Zadarius to me is somebody that is very interesting, somebody that I expect to get cut. I know he had the injury from last season, but before that, across the last previous three seasons, he totaled 225 pressures, 42 sacks, and 40 tackles for loss. So this is kind of a scenario where you're chasing a great player. Like this is my top tier free agent that I did want to want to have on the list instead of Tyron Matthew. Um, I think, you know, we continue to show an interest in the green Bay Packers. And so why not continue that tradition? And I think Zadarius for me would be, you know, probably the best possible edge rusher, at least in terms of balancing somebody who's still young, has a few years, uh, of course, would be relatively expensive, probably in that 17 plus range that uh, PFF has projected for Von Miller. But uh, yeah, Zedaria Smith is uh, number one for me.
4: Yeah, I, I hadn't thought uh, a lot about Gronk before people started like <laughs> mentioning it to me. But I was like, oh, he's going to retire with Brady and then he didn't. And I was just thinking, like, oh, well, it's been a long time since the Chargers had, like, a passable tight end who was, like, a good run blocker and a good blocker in general. I mean, Hunter Henry was passable. Uh, Jared Cook, no. Uh, and so that that was kind of the thing where I wouldn't have mind having Gronk there, like you said. And, um, yeah, I looked at Zedarius's cap hit after the Niners' loss, and I was like, okay, he's <laughs> uh, much like my fascination with uh, Von Miller as well. Um, they just need more there. Yeah, and, you know, there's been uh, some
1: issues, obviously, with the Packers. Apparently, he was very upset that he was not named a captain this last year. Um, doesn't really vibe with Matt LaFleur. So, I mean, the Packers need to get under the cap to be able to afford a, a potential Aaron Rodgers extension and, of course, Devontae Adams. And, and, yeah, as Jason points out, you know, Joe Barry, the Packers' defensive coordinator. Um, the Packers have run a similar defensive scheme uh, over the last few years for Zedarius, and he, you know, he played in Baltimore as an outside linebacker as well. So I think he really would be a perfect fit alongside Joey Bosa. Unfortunately, that would mean that Uchenna and Wosu would go elsewhere. But uh, you know, I think Zedarius would make it worth it.
3: No, I completely agree there. I, I, I almost am more interested in the guys that could potentially be cut than some of the free agents that are on this list. Like someone like uh, Harrison Smith, someone like a Zedarius Smith don't remember if your name's Smith, apparently, I'm really interested in you if you're cut. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think at that point that's a nice, easy justification ahead of you know getting rid of Inwosu. I do think in is back, and I think there's a good argument for yeah. it, but um a clear upgrade like that. Like I even though I do prefer Reddick, I think there's you know, if you get in Wosu for four million dollars less per year, five million dollars less per year, and then go pursue an edge rusher at 17, I think that could make a little bit more sense. But someone who's a clear Like ahead of most who you know pick, like and like, uh, like Smith would be a great idea,
2: yeah. uh, The the one thing I want to add to that so, like, I think Zadarius is in a very interesting situation, not just because of if he gets cut, but like if he gets cut, I'm just, I'm since I, I spent a whole week doing contract projections and all that, just looking at like who his comp would be at this stage in his career, he's 30 years old seven he's played seven seasons right the only player i think i'm looking at who's a top tier edge rusher who signed a deal at 30 years old is cam jordan and jordan didn't really sign a deal he signed a three-year extension in 2019 when he was already under contract until 2020 yeah 2020. so he signed it like two years in advance and part part of that is because the saints are going all in under drew Brees and all that right so yeah so Jordan, his deal was three years, fifty-two point five mil, so seventeen point five APY. I I'm curious if Zadarius goes after something higher than that because you know he ha- he's had two seasons of like elite past rushing production in 2019 and 2020. Obviously, he got hurt this year, but yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting. I wonder if he goes three years, maybe two years, maybe just comes in a, like at a one year deal like Clowney does right. and just goes like. W- 116 or 117, try to build his value back up. But yeah, I think he's he's definitely going to command top tier money. And I think he's going to chase a deal like Cam Jordan instead of like a, a Vaughn Miller or like Chandler Jones deal. Cause they sound like super long deals when they were like 28, 29, 27 ish.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's obviously interesting that, you know, a bunch of us had a running back, a tight end edge rusher. So um, kind of gives you an indication of where we're at in, in terms of this position, and for what it's worth. Uh, like, I, I feel pretty confident at this point that Inwosu is back. I mean, he was the team's poster boy for Super Bowl week. I can't imagine that is insignificant. So, um, you know, I we'll see what it is. Um, Alex, are you, are you still there? He's, he's, is he frozen? Anyone else?
4: He is frozen for me. Oh, well, I'm, I think I'm still here. Yeah, okay. well, we
1: need to Alex. Yeah,
4: okay there
1: we go so um guys any other final thoughts here before we get into kind of a, a mock simulation here
3: nope uh someone did ask or just uh lorenzo asked, no corners to me they're just not really like well okay jc jackson's returning to new england probably and there's just not a real great set of corners that are out there other than maybe like a real soul douglas i guess um, i don't think the chargers are ready to move on from either their current guys as two outside guys I think they'd rather just go in the draft. And it sounds like they might go in the draft. So we could talk about corners, but I'm not really super thrilled with this class.
2: Yeah, me neither. And like I know, I know we've talked about it so much. It's like what do they like what are they looking for in a corner? Because are you going to move Asante inside if you sign an outside guy? Like if you draft a guy in the first round, you don't I mean, drafting a slot corner in the first round isn't great in terms of positional value. I'd rather just take Jordan Davis at that point because slot corners aren't going to play the full hundred percent of the snaps if they're healthy right so you just got to think about that this isn't a great like outside corner class also and in terms of rasul yeah. douglas you don't want to buy high on a corner because they're going to hit regression at some point point. and coverage is is that streaky from year to year it isn't smart to buy high on a corner i'd rather buy low on a guy like james bradbury if he gets cut if i'm being completely honest but that that might just be me
4: yeah i mean i I was just looking at some of the cornerbacks that, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about and like, really, I mean, it's JC Jackson, Darius Williams, and like a bunch of guys that are probably going to get like one year deals like Patrick Mm -hmm. Peterson somewhere, Casey Hayward somewhere, um, probably Indianapolis with Gus Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be the place. But, yeah, I feel like it's a lot of those guys, and none of them really benefit the Chargers unless they just want a one-year deal for, like, a CB2-type player. But then that brings up what what do they want to do with Asante? Are they going to stick him outside or put him in Chris Harris's slot corner role? We'll see. Um, but, yeah, that's why I, I don't think there's a lot of corners that really make sense unless they really do want to make a big play for JC Jackson or something like that. Yeah, so in
1: terms of the corner market, like I, I I definitely think that they make a move there. I don't think it'll be you know an expensive guy, but there, there are good depth options here, and we can talk about some of them. I, I don't see like a big expensive move there, but you know, there's Kyle Fuller who, you know, wasn't at his best this past season, but we know that they were interested in in signing him after the Bears cut him. Um, You know, there's Mike Hughes, former Vikings first round pick, obviously connected to Ryan Ficken there. Um, So I, I think they could sign a, a good depth option there. Of course, there's Bryce Callahan, but I mean, he's been injured so often in his career, obviously he has the double connection with Staley in Denver and Chicago. Um, so I, I expect them to add somebody, but I, I just don't think it'll be, you know, an expensive one. And, um, you know, if you think the chargers are going to sign JC Jackson, just, uh, wait until tomorrow when my interview with Brad Spielberger drops, and you can check that out and, uh, hear what he has to say, uh, kind of rules it out. But, um, that being said, let's, uh, let's dive into this, uh, mock free agency simulation here. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about some of these decisions and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to take that away since it's over Arjun's face. That's my bad. Um, so obviously we have to start with uh, Brian Bulaga. He is like ninety nine percent sure he's gone, whether that's being cut officially or retiring. Uh, so Tyler, let's take uh, Brian Bulaga off of here, and then obviously takes the Chargers up to sixty seven, yeah, sixty seven million. So um, the next interesting one here, of course, is talking about some potential restructures of course there's uh Keenan Allen has a good restructure option I think Michael Davis has a good restructure option uh Arjun do you think there's any chance that Tom Telesco
2: actually does
1: do any restructures this year
2: uh personally I don't I I wouldn't advise for it either like I'm not for restructuring unless you're like unless you have a quarterback not on a rookie deal and you know this is the year like you have a chance to win i just don't see the need to potentially put yourself in a cap constraint in future years unless we have to they have enough cap space to rank in the top 5 top 3 in some situations and effective cap space i just think you know they should just roll with what they have right now and just you know unless it's a cut or signing players they don't really need to make moves elsewhere
4: yeah, I think what people just forget about restructuring is you're all kind of pushing that money down the road, which is sort of the problem, right? I mean, we talk about the Saints with that a lot who just restructured Michael Thomas and, you know, other players. Um, but, you know, you're sort of just pushing the problem down the road. And like Arjun said, with Justin Herbert on a rookie deal, you really just don't need to do it. Um, you know, there could come a season like I think the last year of Keenan Allen's deal is like a 25 mil cap hit. Um, like, I mean, that's a situation where maybe he progresses a little bit and you want to restructure, but to me, that's more, much more a down the road problem than a, than a right now problem. So
3: I guess my question is, you'll see, you know, videos or simulations where people just like, Oh, we'll just restructure the deal and push it to 2023 while Herbert's still on his rookie deal. Why don't, why wouldn't they pursue that? I guess.
2: I mean, like you could pursue it. The The issue with it is like, to me, when you restructure a deal and you're not making them, making the player uh, take a, a hit on their salary cap, like what's the word? Like you're not making them take a pay cut. That means you're going all in or like you're, you really think this is the year that you can win a championship. And like the, the fact of the matter is like, you know, 31 teams don't win a championship. The, th- the amount of things that have to go right for you to win is like, is crazy. And so if you're hinging everything yeah. right now, like if you're hinging everything to win a championship right now, when you really know nothing about the team, like you could have an, like you restructure a contract now a day later, they could just tear their ACL in, in you know, season like training off, off facility. You just, there's yeah. so many unknowns with football. I don't think it's wise to go all in with restructuring contracts. I talked about it in my video, like the Rams going all in this year should not be a blueprint because it does it 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 worked because there were no elite teams this year and they found they found that niche and they found that you know this is the year that if we go all in and everything goes right we can make it even though we don't have you know the best dropped roster top to bottom we have the stars that can make plays in key situations and that could put put us over the edge but again like rams are under the cap they can obviously get over the cap or they're over the cap they can get under the cap but restructuring to go all in or make a push at a high marquee free agent just doesn't seem like a viable strategy unless like you really you're 100% sure that you can uh, get a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of the year when you know everything about your team and how it's performing sorry I know was a lot
4: you're right no I I was gonna say origin's right I mean like for the forward to work for the Rams like it required a lot of things to like happen it required Matt Stafford to request a trade It required Odell's father to go on Instagram (laughs) and and do what he did. Um, And then, you know, it required them making a ballsy trade for second and third round for Von Miller. So, like, a lot of things had to line up that were kind of impractical for it to work, which is why, like Arjun said, I don't think it's replicable. And in the instance of, like, the Saints and the restructuring they've been doing, you know, they're sort of able to restructure someone like Michael Thomas because, uh, I don't know if you know what happened to Michael Thomas last year, but uh, a lot of things... Regarding his surgery and when he got it and um, you know what he was to the team so you know a pay cut was kind of necessary there and Mm -hmm. you know they just do Taysom I don't even know what they do with Taysom Hill it's just it's some Bernie Madoff (laughs) stuff uh, really with him Uh, but they just keep going with that contract and void years so um, I I don't think a lot of that is applicable to the Chargers
1: yeah you know I have a a good friend of mine is a Saints fan uh, a good friend of mine from work and so we were uh, using over the cap to kind of you know, try and figure out how the saints get back under the cap. And it was just like, Oh man, like this is kind of a disaster. So for every Rams team that goes all in and wins, you know, there's a saints team that goes all in and and
2: hasn't been able to do. Oh, for three, like you look at the larger sample size, you don't take the one team that won. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: So um, I I think maybe we could see a Michael Davis restructure. I know he just signed his deal and all that stuff, but I mean, coming out, coming off a down season, he is a potential cut candidate next year. So I, I wouldn't completely rule that out, but I, I do not expect uh, Tom Telesco to really do much besides cutting Brian Belaga, which frees up, of course, the extra $10 million. So I think uh, the rightful place to start this exercise is, of course, with Mike Williams. Um, based off of kind of where the team is at, I feel like the franchise tag makes sense here at least in terms of the contract and what kind of re- allow them to uh, re-evaluate things after next season. Are we all on the same page about franchise tagging Mike Williams?
4: I'm fine with the tag. Yeah. I also vote for the tag.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's tag Mike Williams. And if you could scroll up, Tyler, sorry for our uh, audio audience. I'll try and kind of explain things here, but um, that takes the charges down to, does that say like $47 million? Mm-hmm. Okay. So $47 million, of course, uh, a little bit and change there. So um, Alex, you mentioned uh, Akeem Hicks here. And so uh, this is kind of a, a situation where I want to dive into because uh, there's something that's going to happen in the next couple weeks with the Chargers coaching staff uh, that I think will directly point them towards signing Akeem Hicks. So to me, this feels like the most likely uh, signing here. Um, You know, being able to kind of replace Justin Jones with Akeem Hicks, bring in somebody that this coaching staff is very familiar with. And so for me, I, I'm OK starting this exercise after Mike Williams with Akeem Hicks.
3: Yeah, I think my first option at, before the news would have been Sebastian Joseph Day. And I, I still think that is a possibility and a strong possibility. But yes, uh, Stephen bringing some news here, sort of. That something might change uh everybody's minds and think of akeem hicks first so uh yes uh, I'm, I'm all for it Just what is what is the deal here how are we uh how are we doing this
1: so this is i think this is a great reason why we brought arjun on here so for what it's worth <laughs> um akeem hicks i think is projected at a two-year 8.5 per if i'm not mistaken by brad on pro football focus but um Arjun, What do you think? What are your kind of uh, contract comparisons for Hicks at this point in his career?
2: Uh, yeah. So, good question. I think I think Hicks with with the way I see the Chargers re- uh, constructing their contracts, they always have a low year one cap. It. So, the way I see it, I think I think this will be a one year deal. The first year will be like fully guaranteed, almost, or maybe like partially, like eighty to ninety percent guaranteed, and. It'll be like if he performs, he'll get the money in year two. Um, I I whatever Brad has, I'm okay with. I just think the cap hit, it's not it's gonna be like maybe five mil this year up and then it'll be what five if, if we go five, it'll be twelve Probably mil like, next year. Yeah. So that's the way the Chargers have done their contracts. Low year one cap hit for all their veteran guys. And you know, I think they'll get obviously. Staley and Hicks have some familiarity. So they're going to give Hicks like the benefit of the doubt that, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll guarantee your first year. But, you know, if we see some injuries or, you know, you just aren't performing at the level you used to, I think you, you, you keep the team in a situation where you can cut him next year at almost no loss. So um, I, I need to, I need to pull up some like similar contracts on the market, you know, I don't know. This, this is this keep tough it simple.
3: If you wanted to do like yeah. five and seven or something, like we can do that. Or... Yeah, no,
2: no, five. So like five million year one and then 12 million year two. Um, well, yeah, the, I guess like the, the other part would be like the signing bonuses and everything, but that that's just dependent on the team, honestly. Like some teams give higher signing bonuses. So yeah, you could just, how about this? You could just guarantee is like fully guarantee is year one and then nothing in year two. Cause so I think that's what it's going to be.
3: Okay. Does everything look okay on screen? Is that okay if we do it like this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Obviously this, I mean,
1: Arjun knows much more about the contracts situation than the three of us, I think, but uh, obviously a, a rough estimate. So now we're at, uh, for the audio audience, we are now at 42.92 uh, million dollars in cap space for uh, 2022. So Alex, where do you want to go next after signing Hakeem Hicks?
4: Um, i don't know i mean we can go in a lot of different directions here uh i guess we could talk about what the chargers should do with edge and their sort of internal free agent there in Nuchena nwosu and we Mm -hmm. could take a vote on that and then decide if we want to go in another direction or uh, throw the bag at them
3: yeah i personally do feel that based on well, honestly, Kaiser White probably not coming back at this point. I, I do think that Incheonimosu is a priority for them, and I would, I would, again, I completely understand why. So, I do think Inmosu is back with the team.
2: Yeah, and I'm, and,
3: I'm on board there. Yeah, same, same. Okay, so Mosu. we're going to extend him. How are we going to do this, folks? What is the profile ball focus? This is, this is number, it's a three.
2: Yeah, three years, eight point seven five APY, twenty six point okay. two five total.
3: All right, Arjun, make up some numbers for me. Just, just make it up.
2: Yeah, so it says he has fifteen point seven five guaranteed. So let's let's do year one. Let's do like, oh, fuck. I wonder what Brad put as a signing bonus, but he doesn't list. That. Okay, so we'll do like four mil base salary year one. Uh, let's do for the prorated bonuses. Can we do like 2 million each year? Cause I think that's a decent way of coming about like the signing bonus, even though I think yeah, that'd be, I can't
3: click on prorated bonus for what it's worth. So, oh, okay. So
2: that's just okay, so base salary. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So base salary, let's do like, let's do like 6 million year one then. Cause so I was going to put prorated bonus at uh two. So, so yeah. Then let's do eight for, and then we just need to get to 26.25. So like 12.25 in year three. And then why don't we fully guarantee year one? If, you know, it doesn't really matter, but uh, fully guarantee year one, let's do, and then we just need to get to like 15.75. So you can like fully guarantee year two also. Cause he is kind of young. So like, I think having, right. giving him some like security long-term is, is fair. And then mm-hmm. this is fine. Like we don't really want to guarantee anything year three, even though Brad has them a little bit higher.
3: Okay. All right. I
2: am yeah.
1: good
3: with that. If you guys are. Yeah. Works for me. Okay. So just for top Stephen out, the chargers are now at $36.9 million in cap space. All right, cool. Um, I'd like to go towards um the
1: secondary at this point. Um, What do you guys think? Who, who should we target here in the secondary? Like I said, I'm in favor of J Ron curse. I feel like that'd be, an affordable
3: kind of upside signing. Well, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I'm all for court curse. That would have been, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, please. That's a good one.
2: Yeah, I like that one.
3: All right, let's do it. So, uh, pro football focus has J one curse at
1: three, uh, times fifth or times five. So $15 million total. Um, I feel like that could potentially be a little bit higher based off of the career season. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you're paying, Top dollar here for somebody who just had a career season, um but I don't know, Arjun. What do you think there?
2: Um, yeah, like the, I guess the problem with Curse is like, yeah, he had a career year. I think he was it was good that he was deployed all over the field. Mm-hmm. Do you? What would his role be though? Because like it, putting Outerly Curse and Durwin on the field, would we just have like a like a really big nickel? Is that like what it, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think with Curse, obviously, you could kind of see him filling that Alohi Gilman third safety role, um, doing probably a little bit more slot work and maybe allowing Derwin to play in the box somewhat. Um, you know, Curse, for what it's worth, did play a lot as a deep safety um, in Minnesota. That was kind of the majority of his reps there. Um, but yeah, he's he's essentially a big nickel playing in the box, playing in the slot, Um more so than a deep safety, so kind of guess it depends what you're looking at in terms of Nasir Adderley and changing his role, and you know, kind of taking him in, out of the deep safety spot a little bit more.
2: But uh, yeah, yeah, I think basically um, okay. with no, sorry, you can finish. Right. No, no, I was you can gonna finish. say it's
1: just basically at this point you rotate Derwin and and Curse in terms of slot, big nickel, uh, box safety,
2: deep safety, and, and kind of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So um so in terms of his contract, I think I'm going to use Von Bell as a similar uh contract comparison. So let's do for year 1, let's do um five, let's do 4.5 mil in year 1. In year 2, let's do 5.5 mil. And then so that puts us, and then year three, let's do, let's do, let's do six. Cause I think he's going to come in higher than what Brad has him at, like Steven mm-hmm. said. So I think, you know, this type of like escalating contract and then Von Bell has a bunch of like per game route, like he has a bunch of like weird bonuses in his contract. And obviously the signing bonus is kind of factored into here. So I think this is where he comes in at. This is like what, three years, 5.5 mils, so like 17.5 ish.
1: Yeah
4: yeah. Okay. I want to I want to just ask you guys because we've we've sort of contributed to the tire fire on the Tyron Matthew stuff, like uh, yeah. like you said earlier. And I feel like Curse is kind of a more malleable piece a little bit with the Sea early and Derwin James, because I feel like if you have Tyron Matthew, you're probably just playing Derwin and Tyron a lot. and then that leaves a lot of questions as to what Naz's role would be, um given the kind of money you would be giving Tyron Matthew, obviously in free agency. So, I wonder just for me, I feel like this one makes a little bit more sense than the Matthew thing. But um yeah, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah,
1: I, I think if you're playing if you're signing Matthew, then you know, you're probably playing Nasir Adderley a little bit less. But I think the reason that why I'm personally in favor of, of signing a safety like this is because I, I think that Brandon Staley wants to play a lot more dime package than mm-hmm. he did this year. I think obviously coming into the Chargers last year, where you have kind of that three-headed monster at linebacker, it makes a little bit more sense to live in nickel. But, um, you know, one of the reasons why I was in favor of signing John Johnson last year was for this same thing. And so um, I think that Staley wants to be able to use Derwin and another safety, you know, in the box and be able to just really cover space more so than, you know, outright stop the run or outright have two linebackers. And so um, I think with Curse you're getting a bigger body. Obviously, I think he's six three um i think he's like 220 pounds as opposed to tyra matthew i think is like 5'9 190. um so i think with matthew you're getting more of a cover deep part of the field playmaker as opposed to with curse you're getting more of a slot and box safety
3: yeah that absolutely works for me all right transit all right. where do we the want charges. to go next so yeah the charges are 32.4 million dollars right now I do because I do think this is something that will happen. And I want to make this as realistic as possible. I do want to extend Derwin James and get that done because I do think that's what the Chargers mm-hmm. are going to do this offseason. So, uh, Mister uh, Arjun, help me out with this one. <laughs>
2: uh, okay, it's funny you mentioned it. I'm actually working on a uh, an article for PFF. I should come out like Monday or Tuesday talking about how I think the safety market is going to go crazy this summer. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I said if if. I think this is my like closing sentence. I don't have it up. But it's like, if you made me bet on who I think is going to you know, reset the market, I would put money on Derwin James. Um, so yeah. let, let's just think about it in the 18.5 to 19 mil market. That's, what, that's his value. That's what he's going to get. That's what he deserves, honestly. So, damn. I, I, so it's going to be, I think it'll be coming at like 14 or four years, 19 like $18.75 million so that so that's in total value that'd be like 74 no 75 mil so four years 75 million dollars um yeah 19 probably around, would be 76 yeah so I think I think that's what he's gonna get I th- in terms of guarantees it's tricky because most of the safety market it gets around like 25 to 35 they're 25 to like 37% of their contract fully guaranteed. But because of his injury history, I'm, I'm, I don't think the chargers are going to make the decision to guarantee a lot of his contract. So. Brad did say the same thing when I asked him this question, by the way. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I haven't talked to him about this fair warning. So this is at least, you know, good minds think alike. Um, so let's say he get he gets like 20, 20 mil guaranteed. In this contract. Uh, sorry, are, are we looking for. Are, are we trying to do like year one, year two, year three, year four cash flow? Or just like, are we just I like was trying that to see often? if that would
3: change? For some reason, if I, you see what I'm hitting, I keep hitting, we yeah. renegotiate and it doesn't let me do anything. So I uh, guess we're going to trade him. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to do.
4: Yeah. He's not letting I me change. I was just curious how much it would affect on the on 2020 2022 cap. It, but... What'd you say, Alex? No, I said I don't know if there's a way to re- do it on uh on this website.
2: Mm. Okay, I guess you just have I to visualize have to it. it. I'm curious though if if we do extend him, like, does that lower his right. cap it this year? Because I think it, I think they would.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it does. Um, last time I looked on Over the Cap on the other page here, when you just go to you know like the team page, obviously you don't have to exit Tyler, but. Um, when you go to the team page, I think it frees up like $6 million if you extend him this year. Mm. Um, I think just kind of bonuses, but you know, I am 100% in favor of, of extending Derwin James at this point. I think you, you know, you're, you're looking at this free agent market with Jesse Bates and Marcus Williams, who I think are really good players. Um, but Derwin James has been an all pro pro bowl player in the two years that he's been healthy and those guys haven't really reached those heights. So. Uh, if there's any safety that should be the highest paid safety in the league, I 100% think uh, it's Derwin. James, Alex, where do you land on uh, an extension for Derwin?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I, you give him whatever he wants, uh, frankly. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the safety market is tough. It's a little like the wide receiver market, I think, because Jamal Adams just came in and Nagasaki the whole thing. So yeah. now we're in this position where it's just like, okay, well, Derwin's going to get well over 18, 19, 20 million. Um potentially, but like that's just kind of what you have to pay him now. I feel like it's a similar position to where the Packers are with Devontae Adams, and then you have like the DeAndre Hopkins contract, which is just this huge outlier in, in an even worse way. Um, so yeah, no, I, I definitely think you just probably have to do, like Arjun said, four years, probably 18, 19 per and and live with it. Obviously, I think the Chargers will probably put some stuff in there related to his injuries. But I mean, we've seen how this team plays with him and without him, mm-hmm. and you just can't function without him. Ultimately, I was just curious about the um, the cap hit thing actually regarding this year because right. this year is his fifth year option, right? So I don't yeah. know if that makes it less or more. Um, but it's it's not a standard rookie year, so I was curious about that. I don't know.
2: So, so I think what what they could do is they could they could transfer some of his p5 so his base salary into future years and in, in, in the form of a signing bonus like i said i don't think they need to do that because they're in a healthy cap situation right now like you know i think they just keep his contract what it is if i i'm just trying to think of like what happened to keenan allen's contract when he got extended because i think it lowered his final year of his second deal a little bit but like i said i don't think they need to do anything with yeah. derwin's contract he's on right now it's just you know messing around with the cash flows for yeah. his new contract
4: yeah i th- I think it just I, I don't know if you're a lot the fifth year option cap hit changes i think yeah when keenan when it was on his second and they kind of messed around with that i think when you are on that second it probably changes the cap hit when you extend somebody but i don't know much about the fifth year option but that's a question for one of the pff guys for sure yeah all good all right so we'll just keep
3: yeah. it as is. but
2: okay, i assume so.
3: there's an extension but everything stays the same this year
2: yeah Okay.
1: pretty much. I think that's kind of the best way to do that. Um, And, and, you know, I think in general, the safety position is is in a really interesting market at this point, Um, you know, kind of similar to linebacker. We kind of saw it, you know, take a dive and now it's kind of like coming back up. So um, just an interesting thing to keep an eye on there. But uh, um, next up, I think, you know, (laughs) I think all four of us have mentioned Cordero Patterson in one way or another. Um, so let's, let's add him here to the fold, obviously would mean that, uh, Andre Roberts is kind of gone, like Arjun pointed out here. So, uh, PFF has him at two years, $16 million. I assume that in this scenario, we can kind of do the same thing, give the team an out after the first year, cause he is an older player. Um, so maybe do like four years for the first year and then 10 for the second year kind of thing. I don't know.
2: Does that work? Yeah, well, for for what it's worth, we have two years, twelve mil total.
1: Oh my bad. Did yeah. my
2: did my article say fourteen? Because I my article was uh had some issues here and there, but I would be looking at like the free agent rankings board if you're looking for Brad's like exact. No, or Brad might have changed it.
1: Yeah, I just misread it. It has two for twelve on on the okay. page. Yeah, um, I just misread it. Yeah.
2: So I think like a four eight, maybe five seven structure is what he'll come in at. Um. Um, let me let me quick check if he had a signing bonus this year when he was under contract because he just signed a one-year deal with the yeah well actually no that, mm-hmm. it's not going to make a difference because one-year deals are almost like fully guaranteed for players so I I think yeah I think if he comes at five seven you know he'll probably have a signing bonus which lowers his base salary but his his year one will almost be fully guaranteed especially given the year he had then year two I mean if staley really likes him i think he will they'll be willing to give him some like maybe one or two million year two fully guaranteed so yeah you can do like 1.5 if you want or one's good i'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> just leave it at 1.5 now <laughs> yeah I, that, that's good i like that right, okay so Tyler, what does I'll that do you. for
1: us now
3: we are at 27.4 million dollars in cap space
1: so I think the the latest numbers project the draft class to cost I think eleven million dollars to sign, and then you know Tom Telesco usually likes to have seven eight million dollars in uh, mm-hmm. reserves. So I think that would put us at like eight like eight or nine million dollars left to spend. Yeah, let yeah. me just
3: do that this this year because let me just pick like a random person, okay, and just make that the number. 2022. That's the hit. So we just have the number in front of us. So we think $11 million for the. Well, okay. So they need $11 million. Why did you choose Daniel Sorensen? (laughs) Because it's hilarious. So they need $11 million to sign these players. But I believe, well, during the summer. But then once the guys that the the draft picks are replacing leave, they actually only need like three or four million. Is that correct? So technically, they only need three or four million, even though. I'd like be... go on
2: the uh, yeah, I'd go on the higher side maybe because they have eleven draft picks this year, so uh-huh. maybe like five mil plus the eight, seven or eight, so probably like the like fourteen mil. Steven, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, around I think, there, yeah.
3: Okay. So just just to be safe, and I like doing that anyway. And you never know, like Andre Roberts signed for what one point one in the middle of the season, so it's definitely useful. Like they do need yeah. those emergency funds. Okay, so fourteen mm. mil. Yeah. Okay, 14 <laughs> mil for Daniel Sorensen.
1: <laughs> okay, so that leaves us at how much?
3: 14.1 million.
1: All right, so uh, a couple of people pointing out, obviously we haven't really addressed the run defense. Obviously you signed Akeem Hicks. Um, we signed another defensive tackle. What do you guys think here?
2: Yeah, we go Joseph Day right here, or DJ Jones. Maybe. Yeah,
4: I I think it's probably going to be Joseph Day just because that feels like such a shoe-in. Yeah, I think DJ um, Jones is probably
2: a little bit
3: more expensive, no. I think it's the opposite, isn't it? Or am I wrong?
2: Where is he? Well, Steven, do you think DJ Jones is big enough to play nose tackle or is he like a Justin Jones type player?
1: I think he's more of a I think he's more of a Covington kind of hybrid. Mm. Um whereas okay. Joseph Day is outright nose tackle. So Yeah, I, I'd rather that... just go without Rice Nose. Yeah, then we don't have to worry about drafting Jordan Davis in the first round. Sorry, yeah, I had to kill,
4: bro. <laughs> man, you're gonna do this for like three more months. <laughs> hey, God, he didn't go to Utah. Much.
3: What'd you say? Thank God he didn't go to Utah. or Alex If he went to Utah, Utah, I'd be all for it.
1: But, oh, um... dude, if, if we went to Utah, I <laughs>
4: would be trading up to number one.
3: <laughs> all right, so
1: what, hey is man, that? I haven't what mentioned you? Devin Lloyd like a single time yet, so not yet, not yet, but um, yeah, so Sebastian Joseph Day, um, I think is three. Eight per. If I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. so yeah. So um, go ahead, Arjun.
2: Uh, okay. So maybe we go like again, disregarding the signing bonus or factoring that in. We go six six million year one. Um, let's do like eight million year two, and then. A 10 year three yeah 10 year three that'd be 24. yeah and so then brad has 15.5 guaranteed let's guarantee is year one and then let's do like half of year two half of his 2023
3: yeah. or half from yeah
2: that, that's perfect and then nothing in year four in year three okay so basically a two-year deal
3: all righty, look at that. Things are so much more difficult when you, you know, actually do things. Uh, so we have 8.8 <laughs> $8 million dollars in cap space, and boy, do we still have a lot of holes in this roster.
4: Do we? Do we want to go to right tackle now? Because I feel like we haven't addressed yeah. that one, and we talked about some guys like uh, Morgan Moses and others. Um, That's off the table at this point. I think. you well, that, yeah, that probably is off the table. So yeah. maybe some. Wait, why? But...
2: You, I mean, Moses, you could get like. Like I said, the, the whole point of the low year one cap, hits is just like, you could fit a lot of people in. So like, yeah, if you so, get a more, like, sorry, go Steven.
1: I was just gonna say, I, I see what Arjun's saying because we can do, you know, the low cap hit, you know, $4 million, for example, in the first year, and we mm-hmm. would still be able to sign him. And, and again, this is just the exercise, right? So, um, and shout out to Tyler's mom. Always, uh, appreciate the presence and, uh, the super chat. So, um, Arjun, do you think Reef, Reef is probably more expensive than Moses at this point? Or are they about the same?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think Reef would be. So the, the funny thing with Reef is, like, there's going to be recency bias because the Bengals had like, a pretty solid offense, and they made the Super Bowl. Plus the bias right. of you saw how bad the Bengals' offensive line was after he got hurt. So, yeah, right. he'll probably command more money than than uh, Morgan Moses. And I honestly, like, you know, I know Reef's injury was probably more of, like, a frequent But again, I just want durability. I really don't care. Like anyone's probably an upgrade over Norton at this point. So, you know, just get me someone who can stay on the field and be healthy for at least like 15 games. Yeah.
1: And I've said this before, you know, uh, Shane Day was on the coaching staff in Washington when Moses was drafted. Day was actually an assistant offensive line coach there. So maybe a little stronger connection than Ryan Ficken and Riley Leafs. So, um, let's do Moses. I think PFF has him three for 21. Um, but let's do let's just do a two year. I think that probably is is kind of yeah. where he's at with given his age. So let's do two for 14. So six and eight. Yeah. Or you could do that's five fine. and seven, do five and seven instead. Sorry, Tyler. Wait, that's 12. That's Math is hard. My bad.
4: Yeah, do Man. five in year one and then nine in year two. Arjun has to listen to us, figure out how to add numbers. to (laughs) I'll get, I'll get.
3: I think biology for a reason. So come on, Arjun, we got this. I would, I would give,
2: yeah. yeah. And then I would, you know, just assuming factoring the signing bonus, I'd give like 3.5, not fully guaranteed because he's kind of on the older side. So this is just guaranteeing that he makes it to training camp and a high likelihood he's going to be on the roster. I think that's, that's where how the salary guarantee would work here.
3: Okay. Um, so we're at four and a half million dollars left. And guys, I think I think (laughs) something needs to not happen here because unfortunately, most of the other little signings here and there are a million dollars, you know, eight hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars. I mean, we're does Ode I mean Ode Bougie. Um this obviously leaves off Kaiser White, um, you know, Donald Parham on his on his tender or whatever it's supposed to be. Justin Hopkins still needs to come back. Matt Overton still needs to come back. Obviously, they're not expensive, but like you know, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. So
1: do uh, do the tender for Guyton and uh, Parham. I think that's probably like both. I think we, I think we,
4: I think we blew our load on external free agency, and this is why we're not GMs. (laughs) No, we did not well.
2: No, no. So I'm, I'm curious. So like, I think I was thinking about this before we started. Like, I don't think the goal in this free agency sh- should be to get like marquee free agents. Like th- mm. it should be to get depth and like, right. Like,
1: I think we so. Did that. I, like
2: I came. Yeah. I think we did that in a, yeah. and again, I think, I think the year one cap are going to be even lower than what we put. Obviously like right. time constraint, you know, I'm kind of just thinking on the spot with these contracts, but it's going to be lower than we think. And like Telesco and Ed McGuire for all the crap that charter fans give Telesco, you know, he does a great job of managing the cap. Him and Ed McGuire, you know, do that pretty well. So I think they'll have a good plan going in to yeah. where not only can they patch holes, they can patch holes with play, like multiple players, which I think is super important here.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it'll kind of be. I mean, we can discuss what free agency will be. There's rumors as to whether they'll be aggressive or not aggressive, but I do think in terms of filling up the depth, <laughs> um it'll sort of be like what they did in 2020 a little bit, where it was just kind of like, all right you know, here's 7 million for Linval Joseph. Here's some for Chris Harris, right. In terms of more like Arjun said, getting some of these depth guys um, that can help the team out in the short term on Justin Herbert's rookie deal, as opposed to some of these like big, you know, frivolous spending moves.
1: Yeah. And for what it's worth, Daniel Popper seems to think that the right tackle spot is addressed in the draft. I happen to think that would be a mistake, but um, you know, that's obviously why we went and got Morgan Moses in this situation. So Right now, with four, I think that still gives you time. I I think that gives you space here to sign maybe a couple one year deals here, and then maybe do an extension for Donald Parham. I think and Steven Anderson. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can do one more just to see where we're at there. Mm-hmm. What's I mean,
4: the What's the roster count at this point? I mean, <laughs> I don't question, know. Yeah, uh, but they do have eleven 56. draft picks. Yeah, How much um, it says fifty six under contract. Fifty six under contract. Plus, they got they, eleven is, draft picks. Does, does that include the they futures guys? Also, all these people. Yeah, it does, it does include the it does include Let's the cut... futures. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I mean, plus they'll draft eleven guys, undrafted free agents. Oh, okay, that actually does kind of put them out to eventually ninety when you know everyone's kind of on the team. Yeah, so I think in this instance.
1: You know, we've obviously got the two defensive tackles. We've got the safety signing. I could see them going after that secondary pass rusher market. And so I wanted to mention some names here. Um, Lorenzo Carter from the Giants is a a free agent. He's somebody that Brandon Staley specifically mentioned by name, even though he was hurt at the time uh, ahead of the Giants game. So he uh, is kind of a younger player. He, He was a little hurt in 2020. But he had 30, uh, he had 60 pressures and 11 sacks across the 2019 and 2021 season. Um, I think Dante Fowler, probably a little little too expensive in this scenario, but he's somebody I wanted to mention too. Had 60 total pressures and 11 sacks for the Falcons over the last two seasons. Uh, And then Takaris McKinley is also somebody that Mm -hmm. Brandon Staley went out of his way to praise in uh in the press conferences ahead of the cleveland browns game he had 25 total pressures and three sacks for the browns this season he is also a ucla product which we know that tom telesco uh likes those local guys so uh, i think in this instance with Nuoso coming back i could see them kind of going out and, and getting you know this year's version of kyler fackrell and i think these three players would uh make sense there yeah I know I know
2: I know Tack McKinley um he was someone that like didn't really grade out well with PFF but like in ESPN's like the you know that chart that they make with like pass rush win rate Mm -hmm. and run stop win rate he always was like really good in pass rush win rate and I like I thought he would have he was gonna be like a low-key x-factor when we played in week five um you know obviously sucks what happened to him and suffering a season-ending injury but but yeah, I mean, if, if Staley is talking about him and he, you know, looks really good per the analytics, I, th- I think that could be like a sneaky signing that, you know, not many people um, are connecting the dots.
4: Yeah, um, I guess the one thing we didn't really address in this exercise, well, we didn't address a couple of things, uh, <laughs> but the main one being tight end because we didn't re-sign Jared Cook. and We didn't really go after Ninjoku or anyone else. So, um, yeah, one of the faults of this exercise is we forget how money works.
3: No, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think you sort of get your weapon Well, you keep Williams. You get your weapon in Patterson, and I think the t- the draft is so depth heavy with tight ends. I think that Tom yeah. Falsco would be like, yeah, I'm I'm cool with tight ends, and you know Donald Parham, and maybe Jared Cook comes back. I don't know, but I, I do want to like <laughs> finish some of these. Like, I I do think Ode Abouji is back. Comes back. I agree. You know, yeah, and I I do think that's worth. I think it's a one one point five right. Yeah, that's the minimum. GFF. That's what it was this year, yeah. I think that's what this projection is too. I just rolled through real fast. We have the numbers change. Steven Anderson, I think, is worth bringing back. Right? like I yeah, In, in this instance go. where we didn't sign a,
1: another tight end, I think absolutely he's back.
4: Yeah, probably has to be. Um, although, I guess I'll think about how that's interesting depending on what they do or what they want to do with Trey McKitty in year two. Um, but, yeah. So what do we want to give him? That's it's probably, probably just the minimum, yeah. What just was his contract? Yeah, I, I think he was like 920000 this year or something like that. Is this first number that comes up, is that the minimum immediately? Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, about.
2: Yeah, it's it's one 1.035 for I think like three or four accredited seasons. Mm-hmm. So I think that's
4: right.
3: Okay, all right.
2: So what are we at now after those two?
3: We're at point. About 3.4 million to 58 players under contract. Um, Names to think in. So, Dustin Hopkins is a name we haven't talked about yet. Scott Questenberry, potentially. Matt Overton, obviously. Uh, Yeah, let's do Hopkins. I I feel like I said
1: last time that I feel like Hopkins kind of seems like the most likely there. Um, I have no idea what a kicker contract would look like (laughs) here. So, uh, I'm going to leave that up to the other
4: three of you. I mean, Um, (laughs)
3: deferring to the other two of you.
4: <laughs> what did what did Hopkins make this year? I would imagine like uh, probably not much. Let's look. Three four million? I don't know. As long as it's under 3.391. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I,
1: I oh, think they have the, to bring him back. Yeah. Sorry, with the Chargers he made uh 1.075. Um let me look up his <laughs> Football yeah, team these kicker
2: contracts out. are kind of kind of pricey. I'm not gonna lie.
1: His uh, Washington contract had him at 2.5 per year. So yeah, you know, altogether three. Yeah, so you can We're do kidding. uh, maybe do a multi multiple multi year contract there and do like a two for five kind of contract or something like that or two for six. Okay, how how. how? So then in this, so you would do like two in year one and then four in year two.
3: Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Who cares about guarantees? <laughs> right. $2.2 2 million left. Um, cutting Larry tie Rantry. Long. And, uh,
1: cutting yeah. Larry Rantry. <laughs> uh, <did> you...
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you uh, tender Tai Long or no? No, and I I don't I do think they could tender him and then let him go. I'm assuming that's non guaranteed, so we 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 could tender him. Do you do you want to do that?
4: What's the tender cost? Uh, a lot. (laughs) Well, I don't think they tender him though. I think they just give him like a one year one year deal and whatever his salary was this year. I would imagine, or it's like a one year, whatever the league minimum kind of sort of deal.
1: Yeah, so just for those who are uh, just joining, we are reserving $14 million in the form of Daniel Sorensen, hypothetically, uh, for the draft <laughs> class and uh, in-season funds. So obviously, you know, that's not a one-for-one change, but um, just kind of the way we felt doing that.
4: I just hope someone scrolls through the video and sees how we get $14 <laughs> million to Daniel Sorensen in no context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so,
1: yeah, let's. Did you do the
3: tender for Ty Long? I, I didn't. Which one? I mean, first, second. I mean, that's kind of oh, yeah. the first tender. round tender
1: for the punter. Let's go. Yeah,
3: let's do it. 2.4, man. That's ridiculous. I'd rather
1: 2,
4: just one. let him walk at that point. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, no punter uh, this
3: year. I let, mean, let's that, leave Ty Long I mean, out for let, now. Yeah, let, yeah let's leave go, him we'll out. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I know. Well, what about Chase Daniel?
3: no uh, I, I think they explore a different draft yeah, option i think I, with uh, all
2: their yeah. or just east eastern stick maybe as I the back all well. i
1: mean he's got to be uh. the backup at some point man like
3: uh um, yeah, no, that's true
1: so running back is another one we didn't really address either in this scenario. Patterson's well, I mean order. we did
4: get Patterson who's wide back. Oh yeah, yeah, You're right.
1: You're right. You're right. I,
3: I forgot we did that.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We have we have Kelly and Roger, so like it's <laughs> it's pretty
1: elite. <laughs> yeah. It's an elite room right there. Oh,
4: and neighbors roster spawn. Yeah. Oh, He's we actually here. should cut
3: Kate. Like
1: honestly.
4: <laughs> like I'm, I'm serious though. Like we <laughs> no, did because we, you if... have Steven Anderson, we should. Dude, Finally. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What what does he save us if we cut him? Uh, eight ninety five. Oh man, <laughs> I that's, mean, that's like another, one tie long.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
3: another minimum contract. Let's do there it. Go. Actually, I do think it was worth if we got Patterson though. Well, do you think they'll carry four running backs? No. I mean, they this they is the smart not. thing versus the. that's the fact
4: not. that he's Justin Herbert's friend worth eight hundred ninety five thousand dollars?
3: <laughs> he can give him money on the side. He's fine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's the money laundering.
1: There we go. Make his contract void. Um, but yeah, I mean, in this instance, like, I feel like you have to cut Josh
3: Kelly. Yeah, I I agree, but I also feel like he was their third back last year. Like, do you think they'll just go with like, why not just cut Roundtree then? Definitely not. Be- definitely
1: here. not before this. Like, I think you know they'll mm-hmm. just keep him for a training camp body. And then yeah. you we'll know, cut him for roster cuts.
3: So we'll just... Okay, that makes sense. So we'll just cut so, Kelly, yeah. but it's more of a... What can we do, a post? Is there a difference?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, it would be post because we're cutting him, I guess, after training camp. And then we can put that money towards the, you know... Holy kind crap, of a million
3: dollars this year? Cut. All right, there we go. <laughs> we can put him towards <laughs> the,
4: the Sorensen thing of, like, in-season moves.
3: That's yeah, fine. I cut him. So we have $4 million in cap space, folks. <laughs> How y'all want to splurge there on this?
2: Um,
1: well, I think, oh, geez, I think at this geez, point you get a secondary, to... another pass rusher or another corner of some kind.
2: Well, Stephen, what yeah. about what about the Gilbert article where, like, they said they were going to invest heavy resources into the special teams?
3: Yes, a curse would be one of those. Sort uh, of. I
2: mean, like, I don't, I don't think any of us are like well versed in who gunners are that are free agents. So, I mean,
4: yeah.
3: literally, oh. gunner is a gunner. Yeah, oh, no, he's not. Gunner, sorry.
4: <laughs> um. Um. Well, in bitter... theory, like Ryan Smith. Yeah, I, I, mean, I just think really get they get spell, though. Yeah.
3: Mm. I just think they have so many seventh rounders. Like, I think that's just.
4: Yeah, they probably use one on
1: that. Who was um, the gunner after he went down? When is it? Wasn't it like Keymon Hall and Tavon
2: Campbell, De- Devonte or De- uh, oh, Dev Harris? Harris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, none of point. those guys
4: really worked.
2: <laughs> no, that's
1: true. Um, but yeah, I think uh some names to throw out here for a corner. I mentioned Kyle Fuller earlier. Um, mm. he's super cheap that you could get here in this instance, and that would allow Timon Campbell and Keemon Hall to play special teams. Uh Mike Hughes is another name to throw out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really kind of the only two names that I had here. Bryce Callahan.
3: That's a slot guy, obviously. I could actually see that, but at this point, we can just think of random names
1: and just do uh, just do Kyle Fuller. Just okay. He doesn't have the injury history that Bryce Callahan does.
3: Do we feel like then? Then that was kind of a lot to throw in the secondary with Curse and then Fuller. I mean, I'm fine
1: with that. I mean, you're you're probably signing Fuller for a one year. Three million dollar deal that's half guaranteed. You're not signing him for anything crazy.
3: Uh, what is he projected to get, or is there not a projection because he's not a top two hundred?
1: Uh, I think he is a top two hundred, isn't he, Arjun?
4: Who?
2: Oh yeah, no, he's Cal- like one eighty. So, yeah. yeah, he's one forty five. So it's one year, five point seven five, probably oh, fully shit. guaranteed.
1: <laughs> Never mind then. They're not
4: doing five point seven five. Well, we yeah, I, mean, I don't know. A million short.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how, you know, I think it'll come in a little bit lower on a down year, but you never know.
1: Did Devonta Harris go back to the Broncos? I thought that was uh, Bassie. I thought Bassey was the one who went back. Yeah. I think Harris I don't is know. still,
2: <laughs> I think Harris is a free agent. Yeah. Wait, when did Bassey but, go back? I don't, I don't really I, care. I think like... they claimed him off of waivers. <laughs> ah but uh
1: okay. we we uh I told Tyler we wouldn't do a 90 minute show and and we're about to that point so um just do Kyle Fuller for like one for three and we'll call it
3: good. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? JC Jackson. JC Jackson and take a massive pickup, up, man. Yeah. Let's <laughs> play Casey. for a winner. Casey, uh,
1: Hayward. Casey Hayward is uh might as well buy a house in Indianapolis right now. Well, this
3: is the this is the end of our Oh, so we can give
1: him
4: yeah. wait he can rent he can rent Carson Wentz's house. Yeah, do four million, I guess. Ah crap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> second here. Someone it's said be... cut Joe Reed. No, I refuse. I will hold on to the Joe Reed dream forever. You guys
3: are ridiculous. God, this is gonna be such a
4: terrible audio experience. It's a
3: lovely oh. audio experience. It's
1: gonna be great. People will love it. I I hope so. All right, so there's our cap space. Does that say eight hundred twenty-five thousand now? Heck
3: yeah! Back. No. (laughs) Why would we do that? Give me uh, Overton. What is his? What's the? What's the cheapest deal we can give a fifty-year-old punter, long snapper? Fifty-year-old.
4: Uh,
1: one year. Probably. Um. What is? What does it say when you uh, re-sign him or whatever?
3: I mean, he just gets the lowest.
1: Yeah. Just do that. Where
3: are we? $530,000 left, guys.
1: (laughs) Oh, Jesus. We did it. We did it. There we go. Um, All right, Tyler, run down the list of uh, moves (laughs) that we made here.
3: Heck, yeah. Okay, so we signed Morgan Moses to play right tackle. Then we got Sebastian Joseph Day and uh, Akeem Hicks to play the interior. So that solves that. That's a great idea, in my opinion. Quarterall Patterson was our splash signing on offense. He's there for, I think, two years. Uh, we re-signed Uchenna and Wosu, and I think that's going to happen. We tagged Mike Williams, and then we signed Daniel Soros to fourteen million dollars <laughs> to be our placeholder for the amount of money they need for draft capital and for emergency funds. So that was fourteen million dollars. Honestly, that's probably a stretch as is. So I think like you can probably fit more money uh, into the cap that we have. So that was oh and then Jerron Curse for four and a half million dollars. This year, so we signed one, two, three, four, five, six, six players to start for the Chargers. One, well, resigned in Mosu. So then we yeah. brought
1: back uh, Dan Williams, Stephen Anderson, and who else?
3: Yeah. So of the free agents, we brought back Ode Abushi, obviously Ched and Mosu, Stephen Anderson, Dustin Hopkins, Matt Overton, and uh, we cut Brian Bulaga. Obviously, cut Joshua Kelly. Thank God. And then we cut Gabe Neighbors, hallelujah. Um, and we, so, extended, yeah.
4: uh, we extended Derwin.
3: Yes, we did extend uh, Derwin. We just it, couldn't it. figure out a way to actually do it.
4: <laughs> we still don't know how to do it.
1: So Yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously things can change here. You know, Obviously this is just a, an idea of, of names to throw out there. I think we feel pretty good. Like I said, I'd be pretty surprised at this point if Hakeem Hicks were not a Charger next year. Uh, Mike Williams, and I think should be back as well. Uh, but Alex, how are you feeling about
4: this uh, simulation? This was pretty good. Uh, I also feel like our minds just went the deep end after the first hour, and <laughs> we <laughs> just tried a bit plugging in numbers to see what works. Uh, but no, I think this is a fun exercise, and we could probably do it a hundred times and come up with a hundred different combinations. But uh, very fun to play around with it. And uh, no, I'm just uh, excited for free agency to get underway, and so we can actually talk about this stuff outside of the theoretical. But.
1: Arjun, any final thoughts here?
2: Yeah, I think the Chargers, number one, need to get ahead of the market. And so whatever they decide to do with Derwin and Mike will kind of dictate to me how they approach free agency. If they choose to tag Mike this week, um, I think they'll they'll tell me that they're, they are actively looking for a long-term extension and they're not just like trying to just keep him on the team for one year. Then obviously I would like to see Derwin get extended first. I don't want to have to wait until Jesse Bates or Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, people don't really talk about him, but I mean, he's had all pro years as well. I mean, you can't really wait for other teams to make the move because then you're just going to be paying more money in the long run. So, you know, I think Staley and Telesco have kind of spoke about how they're going to be a little bit more aggressive and it's not all going to be defense. I mean, having a, like, having a top five offense is great. You can be better, right? So you know, making moves all around is what you know, I'm looking for this year. Yeah.
3: I'm totally cool with everything that we did. I think the the one more wild card, I guess, is Morgan Moses. Otherwise, you can connect all of these guys to their needs, to their coaches, what they want to do. So I think most of this all uh, really makes sense. The obvious one that we didn't talk about, but we're all assuming that Kaiser White is not back. It's really unfortunate, but that's just the way things seem to be going at this point. So it's unfortunate, but him not being back
4: I kind of expected at this point.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's gonna be a tough one yeah. to swallow, but
4: we yeah. did we did go for Morgan Moses. Um what's I was just kinda of curious what the difference between Morgan Moses and uh, Dennis Kelly was because that was another one we saw. Dennis sort Kelly of was one and about. a half million. So yeah, that is cheaper. And if they mm. wanted to go that way and kind of have more of a placeholder tackle than a starter, that could theoretically be a way to kinda of shape some money down, but yeah,
3: exactly. Morgan Moses and a later pick in the draft versus Dennis Kelly and maybe like a second or third round pick or something. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the thing with with
1: Moses is that you get your starter theoretically for two years. Yeah. As opposed to mm-hmm. Kelly, and then, you know, hopefully that rookie that you pick kind of becomes that guy in 2023. So mm-hmm. I think that's really the difference. Again, you know, I'm okay with signing Dennis Kelly or somebody mentioned uh Scott Questenberry's brother. I think his name is David, who plays for the Titans. Um mm. that's another one I think can make some sense uh matt mentioned jabril peppers in the chat that's something that Tyler kind of floated on twitter the other day and had a video about that so that could be a replacement for jerron curse probably a little cheaper just based off of the down seasons but um i feel like you know we kind of want a difference maker another playmaker to add back there so um i'm really happy with this situation i think that feels a lot of knees would allow the chargers to truly take the best player available kind of regardless of position in the first round at this point Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm really happy with this. Uh, I mentioned the Brad Spielberger interview earlier that will be dropping tomorrow. So please go, uh, check that out. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for us. Keep an eye out for Arjun's article as well. Uh, that's either dropping either tomorrow or Tuesday and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium?